Hello, welcome to The Opinionistics. I'm your host, John Maylone. In this episode, don't have any co-hosts, because reasons, I guess. Introducing from Sydney, Australia, Nathan Kazar. Hello, how are you? Great. So, what is it you do for a living, Nathan? So, I'm a uh, professional master of ceremonies, so I provide uh, headline entertainment for weddings and corporate events. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. And how long have you been doing that for? Uh, I've been a professional MC within the local domestic market since uh, April 2021. But uh, prior to that, I was a cruise director and a cruise entertainer for Princess Cruises since 2015. Wow, impressive. And what inspired you to take to go on the path that you're currently on right now? Uh, it was a combination of sort of an inspiration as a, as a kid. And then of course, some enterprise as I got, uh, throughout my university and uh, high school years. So essentially I was, uh, when I was 14, I was quite a shy introverted child and, uh, went on this cruise, uh, that changed my life, uh, in the sense that it opened my world and mind to the possibilities of, uh, potentially being the kind of person who could activate people's uh hearts and minds via you know entertaining prose on stage and just the ability to use my voice and my body and uh, my personality in order to be able to inspire people on their vacations and of course then later of course you know uh, now as a for weddings and corporate events and so forth just any kind of public gathering where people demand and expect and hope to be sort of have a, a, a be impacted in some shape and form uh it, it's it was i was inspired at a young age to to be a proponent of that and uh i was successful in keeping my dream alive and working hard at it years as a professional public speaker and debater and then moved on to uh to to the cruise life uh, for princess cruises in 2015 as a junior assistant cruise director scaling all the way through to 2018 as a fleet supervisor of entertainment experience for the corporate head office where i was creating game shows and uh, uh training the cruise director's fleet across the entirety of the 17 ships at the time and then uh once uh and then once uh, COVID hit, uh, unfortunately, it had to uh, allow for some some reflection upon where my career was going. And uh, when I returned uh, permanently back to Australia after having lived abroad for a period of time, I decided uh, after my brother's wedding in April 2021 that I was going to uh, pursue this job uh, and as a business, as a full-time professional MC. And it's uh, certainly worked out for me. Fabulous. And working as an award-winning Master of Ceremonies, what is the key to an unforgettable event? Uh, the key to an unforgettable event is is more than one reason. Uh, often a lot of people think that uh, an event, if you just tick boxes such as food and music and I don't know, decor or so forth, then all of a sudden you've got a world-class event that everyone's going to be walking away from being grateful that it even happened. But there's a lot of different things that go into, and it feels unfair sometimes uh, for event planners and for couples to think that, you know, there is more expectation than just simply providing the basics when it comes to uh, putting on an event. But unfortunately it is the case. And so 
it takes more than that. It really takes connection. It takes opportunities for guests to feel like they are being seen. I find particularly in weddings, but it's very much so in corporate events and public events as well, where, you know, guests don't feel seen. They feel as though that they're really just playing background noise and filler to whatever the main part of the show is in this case of course for a wedding would be the couple or for a corporate event would perhaps say the the director or the very specific people who are part of the the upper echelon of the of the team and so it's it's a critical that when as an MC, i'm able to bind all the people together by making them all feel as though that they're part of the experience through you know comedic presentation through actually getting to know them through connecting different people who may not have ever thought of speaking to one another and essentially just overall just binding every single moment together in a fluid process so it all feels natural it feels like it was there was no consideration for anything except just people having a great time there was no distraction from externalities or people's minds wandering or thinking that they needed to to leave because people were pretty quick to decide that they're not interested in something so it's a pretty critical process, but I, I employ a number of different tactics that throughout an evening, ranging from comedy to actually talking with people to making sure the event flows correctly and a bunch of other sort of more nuanced approaches that essentially allow for an event to really take hold and to capture the hearts and minds of every single person, not just the client or not just the couple. But of course, they're very important too. Yes, absolutely. I also feel that this particular moment is also unforgettable. Oh, um, sure. I, 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 <laughs> if that's the case, I'm, 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 I'm hoping your listeners are uh, are feeling the same way. That that uh, that would that would mean a lot to me. You know. Oh yeah. My voice, my voice is used in many different ways. I, I'm grateful to be have invited on several podcasts in my time, and I, I enjoy this as much as I enjoy hosting my own as well in the wedding game because. It's, uh, it's a way to connect with people in the new world, I guess, that we live in. So uh, in 2023, it's not just about uh, existing as a digital 2D image on a phone screen. The great thing is, is that, you know, we have these kind of mediums now in order to connect as well. And it's all part of the process. It's all part of what I do in the multifaceted approach that I build my business. As an entertainer, it's uh, very easy to forget to build a business and, a lot of people focus on the, the act of doing um, the, the talent that you've been given. And of course, that's where the money's made, of course. But to get the opportunity to make the money for that purpose, you really need to focus also on the act of making a business a business. And thankfully, I've been given a lot of great advice along the way, but also my own individual enterprise over the course of years of experience in corporate and my own you know, internal desire to, to really make it to the top of my industry has led me now to the point where I'm able to bring my talents and impact to a significant sum of events across the entire year, which is uh, really comforting. And uh, I'm grateful for that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So have you have like hosted events internationally around the world or have you like exclusively like hold events in Australia? Well, if you consider the fact that my cruise ship experience was international in some way, I, depending, I guess some people might think I'm stretching the definition a bit, but I would argue that I have definitely hosted events, quote unquote, 
internationally via the cruise ship platform that I used to work on. However, at the moment, building a business as a, you know, as, as a headline MC entertainer, uh, having come into the market only in the last two and a half years, as much as it has been a meteoric rise to the top echelon in the industry, uh, I would argue, uh, it, it's still a case of, you know, it's going to take some time to be, to, to be on the, on the, the, the spectrum of, of uh, event planners and so forth that are looking for other kind of budget to be able to bring someone like myself to the, to the international platform. But certainly it's definitely on my horizon and I'm beginning to have discussions with people who are potentially interested for events next year and beyond that I'd be, I, they would be considering me for. In the meantime, of course, I, I host a significant number of events, uh, almost between 75 to hundred a year around the, uh, predominantly the the Sydney region, but also uh, as far up to the to the central coast of New South Wales, the state I'm in, as well as uh, to Canberra, our nation's capital. And uh, I'm looking at some opportunities coming up next year for festivals in our Northern Territory, which is uh, the the central sort of desert, so to speak, of our country, um, for some really cool cultural Indigenous festivals up there as well. So looking forward to any any and all opportunities, and always open to uh, as look, my, my saying is this, as long as uh, someone's willing to pay for the travel, I'm, I'm more than happy to do an event in Antarctica if it, as long as my expenses are covered and I'm taken care of. I'm more than happy to go anywhere in the world for what I do. Yeah, absolutely. So are there like other like specific types of events you haven't hosted yet, but you really want to host those kinds of events? It's hmm. a great question because uh, honestly... There's not really many types of events that I haven't yet. Uh, certainly there's there's some branches of some corporate unique corporate opportunities like brand activations and so forth that I've dabbled a little bit in, but I would love to continue to get into more. Um, they they pay well, but also more importantly, they from my marketing side of view, because being a marketing graduate as well, it's uh it would be really exciting and thrilling to be part of unique activations like that. Uh, so definitely open to those kind of conversations. Um, I, I there's not really a lot that I haven't done though, because uh, most recently I hosted the Sydney Marathon, which was uh, a candidate for the Abbott World Majors Marathon Circuit. So uh, I was grateful to do the half marathon and uh, family fun run uh, finish line, which is only second to the major, you know, full marathon finish line. So I was really grateful to be welcomed into a circuit where it's quite a closed network of of entertainers and hosts and MCs who do that circuit. So I was really grateful for that opportunity and uh, definitely a highlight of my career so far. I've hosted significant amounts of um, awards, nights, gala evenings, corporate dinner parties, conferences, and still obviously continuing to do so. Uh, so, you know, weddings and um which is a whole, you know, other niche of itself. Uh, festivals hosted a number of those and always continuing to look into more. There's really not a lot that I haven't done so far uh, from almost every spectrum, but certainly I'm always open to people surprising me with new and different opportunities. I would even go as far to say that, I, you know, my, my experience is so vast that I even host trivia weekly and I have my own trivia product. 
And also I am just, um, this coming weekend, actually, I'm hosting an Oktoberfest experience with um, little mini games and activities as well as some trivia as well at a local pub. So in costumes. So realistically, it's, I find myself to be so very broad based that it's actually a really difficult question to answer. Cause I would say the one field I am interested in longer term, which is another whole enterprise of itself is sort of the TV landscape, particularly in the game show hosting. Uh, as much as I've hosted game shows while on ships, TV game shows is a whole other game, of course. So that would definitely be, that's sort of like my one pillar aspiration that's going to take some time, but I certainly feel like I have the metal and what it takes and uh, would definitely be open for any opportunities that come my way with that. Very happy to start off very humbly in that respect, but certainly that is my sort of number one pillar aspiration when it comes to the type of event or niche that I haven't really tapped into yet. Okay, sounds really good. What's the best way to travel? The best way to travel? Wow, that's uh, no one's ever asked me that before. I really like that. I mean, look, I'm assuming you're probably asking that because you you know I'm going to say cruising, which is is would be really strange if I didn't. So I would definitely say cruising is 100% the best way to travel for a number of reasons. Uh, one you know, you don't have to lift a finger. We literally do everything for you when you're on board. Okay, maybe not literally everything, but certainly the vast majority of things you used to having to do at home domestically, or even the fact that you have to commute to different places and so forth, like, you know, don't have to do any of that. So certainly all the entertainment, food, and amenities and luxuries and all that are completely at your fingertips and at your disposal uh, for the duration of time that you've purchased to be on board. Uh, also, you get to experience in a sort of a micro way, different little locations throughout the world. If you're interested in, obviously, depending on the kind of vibe you're going for the cruise, some people just go purely for the, for the, onboard guest experience uh but obviously a lot of people do it in order to you know experience a little bit of the the time ashore as well and, and immerse themselves in the the, the 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 different cultures and and customs of the local lands that they visit uh so certainly you know it's not as obviously in depth compared to the traditional fly to location set up a period of time stay there do multiple different experiences and touch points over a period of time but certainly if for people who aren't fussed by not necessarily knowing every little bit of detail and sucking everything out of a particular locale and instead getting a small taster of every single little piece of the puzzle as they go along each, each voyage, uh, sorry, each, each port in the voyage, uh, then certainly, you know, that, that, that would, that would appeal and look millions of people every year do so. Uh, and I, I, I don't meet a lot of people on average. I mean, this is anecdotal, but I don't meet a lot of people on average who don't wish to, uh, cruise again. Certainly I respect people who don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, but, but, but of course, yeah, I, I would say, I, I, yeah, I think I'm, I think it's pretty obvious that I, I enjoy the cruises the most and I would encourage anybody to, to want that, that is interested, uh, that is maybe thinking about it to definitely go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I can certainly tell if your mind was an island, what would it look like? <laughs> That's funny. Again, I, I really enjoy these. This is normally I'm the one asking these kind of questions. I really like this. Uh, hmm. I would say it'd be a, it'd be an interesting sort of like, 
because I find myself to be an introvert extrovert. So I would argue that the island would have two very distinct hemispheres. One where, you know, this is sort of like, you know, fun playland where, you know, anything's possible and you you feel completely yourself and alive and you get to do you know, whatever kind of leisure you like and, you know, I don't know, like park rides or comedy entertainment, I don't know, whatever it is. Like just imagine this like sort of neverland of, of opportunity of this, this, this particular, you know, sort of half of the island where you can do whatever you like and there's no, no, it's all very on the up and up and it's all beautiful and you, you, you come away from that experience always feeling happy and alive. And then sort of the other hemisphere is sort of this, this sort of serene place that's completely blocked off from the other side in the sense that you can travel between both, but yet when you want to not be around people, when you don't wish, when you want to be completely centered and, and Zen, then you go to this other part of the, the island where you can spend the other half of the time doing that instead. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, um, uh, yeah, I think it'd be a, the best representation of the kind of person I am, uh, you know, one sense loving, you know, to get to know people and connect people and have a great time and be in the moment and have everything, all the sort of luxuries of, of leisure at my disposal. And then on the other side, you know, taking some real Zen moments of quiet and, and, uh, and, and serene opportunities to just simply relax and not be around people uh, and instead sort of quiet reflection. So I think that it sounds a little strange, but uh, definitely uh, th that would be how I would design my island. Okay, that's cool. Would you rather not be able to open closed doors or not be able to close open doors? Could you say that again? I'm trying to get my head around that one. Okay, so would you rather not mm -hmm. be able to open closed doors or not be able to close open doors. I'm not going to open closed doors. I'm not going to close open doors. Oh, okay, right. Hmm. Well, yeah, I see where this is going, um, sort of <laughs> from a psychotherapist point of view. Um, I would definitely say I'd prefer not to be able to close open doors. I think at the end of the day, uh, being open to opportunities is always better than being you know, uh, closed off to the opportunity to open your mind to something. You may not always enjoy everything that necessarily comes through the door, sure, but I think you become a stronger person when you uh, know that you're you are going to be presented with things sometimes that you're not comfortable with and you have to address them. And I will always take gratitude and fortitude in the fact that I was both raised this way, but also have grown into this kind of um, mindset that, you know, you deal with the problems head on. You don't run away. You don't like, not so, I don't take them on aggressively, but certainly from an assertive point of view, I ensure that I, I deal with the, with the things that I've been dealt, I've been dealt with. And so I been able to just indiscriminately, you know, I don't, no, having having a door that I can never open would feel too restrictive, I think. So plus it's a, it's a 
a fire safety hazard. <laughs> that's just that's my crisis management talking, um, my training. But but certainly, I guess from a practical point of view, that that doesn't sound like a safe thing either. So yeah, there's a reason why um, there's always got to be at least one point of entry that can be opened um, in a in in the case of a fire in a building. So uh, definitely in in the same case for a mind, I would imagine that. Uh, you know, in a world where I could never open any doors, I think I'd feel very unsafe. So having them all open would be would be better than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. If someone wrote a book about you, what do you think its title would be? I would probably say I've been asked this question before, actually, and I really quite like the the i the um the the phrase "cruising to success." The reason why I choose that, obviously, apart from you know the obvious that I worked on cruise ships. It's, it's sort of a good allegory for the fact that, you know, my, my career really took off once I started working on cruise ships. I found myself on cruise ships. I was inspired by cruise ships. I, the environment just allowed me to be who I am. And it really unlocked parts of my personality and psyche that I am grateful for. So certainly if someone were to write a book about me, which would be extremely humbling, mind you, I would find that uh, I would, um, yeah, there'd be such a, there's a, a great motif that could be easily written from from that. And certainly anybody who's interested in cruise ships too, it means it gives it gives a couple of chapters devoted to all the sort of fun and expose part of the, the cruise ship life that I could bring, sort of the more tantalizing parts of the book. Uh, but but also, it, it, you know, it, it says in another way that, my whole life has been a, you know, a gentle cruise to success in the sense that I have, you know, slowly but surely built up a reputation, built up a talent, built up, you know, a, a, a refined skill in being able to connect with people and to be able to, to bring, that, bring that success to my life, but then also to translate into the people and the, the clients and the environment around me. So, yeah, I think that would be the perfect uh, title. So if anybody's interested in the audience about writing it, let me know. All right. Very good. Very good. Would you rather speak all languages or talk to animals? Hmm. I'm going to say this might be against the grain, but I'm actually going to say, uh, you know, talk to use being able to use all the languages, be able to understand all languages and talk to everybody on the world. I think, I think there is, don't get me wrong, love animals, love my cat, for instance, great guy. Um, very good. I think, I think the relationship we have to animals is unique in the sense that, you know, they don't have that sentence that we do. And so not to say that I think we're above them. I just think that we respect them in a unique way because we can't communicate with them because due to language. Whereas I find that an innate ability to be able to communicate with, particularly, I think, I think it makes more sense when you consider what I do for a living, being able to communicate with, uh, with any language that I desire would mean that essentially I could, I could entertain more people. I could make more people happy in this world. I could connect with more people. And so it would just, it would generally be a, a boon to what I do as an industry and enterprise, but also I could just generally be able to connect with more human beings in this world. Whereas sure, you know, a, a new world of opportunity would arise from being able to st sort of be a Dr. Doolittle and speak to them. But, um, I quite like the 
the unique relationship that comes from not being able to specifically communicate with them on a, how do you say, a language level. And uh, yeah, I think I'm happy to keep it that way and instead be able to to communicate with my fellow man. I think that would be um, that would be preferable in this case, particularly for what I do. Yes, absolutely. Where was the most relaxing place you've been to? Well, I would um, I would definitely say Hawaii. Um, Hawaii is definitely very relaxing. They live on a very different timeline to us, uh, almost literally, of course. But but uh, of course, uh, metaphorically speaking, they they are beautiful people. Um, the Polynesian culture is is incredibly diverse and rugged, and I love. I, 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 my heart breaks right now for the people of Maui in Lahaina because I've been to that port many, many times and I've had a lot of great experiences there. And to think that a place in the world that has been a part of my history and a part of my my career, but also just a part of my sort of you know my human development, it's 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 it's, it's quite jarring to think that it doesn't exist anymore at least not in the the physical building sense obviously the people still exist and the the spirit is i would argue even stronger than ever at the moment given that they're they're trying to they're in the process of rebuilding and the thing about the whole the native hawaiian culture is that they are particularly beautiful when it comes to their connection to the land, particularly beautiful when it comes to their connection with people around them. And they're also extremely accepting of others. And so it's, it's, it's a beautiful place that on all the, on all the islands though, that uh, every time I visited, I never felt, never felt out of place, always felt like there was a place for me at their table, a place for me on, on a place for me at their beach, a place for me alongside them at any particular point in time. And it's uh, a place where you can you know, pull up a, a deck chair or a beach lounge chair, whatever. And, you know, you, you're not, you're not going to get bothered. You know, you're just going to feel accepted. And, you know, there's a serenity to the place. There's a, a beautiful, deep, rich history to it that uh, has been preserved to a lot of a lot of the degree. A place that could easily be commercialized way more than it already has been. And certainly, there's a preservation at play that, particularly if you get out of it, out of the main cultural, uh, so out of the main um, tourist hubs, like say Waikiki, for instance, and you get out to other places, there's just a, a, there's there's a richness that you encounter amongst the people there that I've been to perhaps of and I'm not going to name places of course that'd be inappropriate but certainly there are places in this world that I I walked around and felt like it had lost its identity a little bit that it either caved into the to the tourist mindset or I don't know um just, just I was unable to connect as much with the people, and in, there's obviously a very multifaceted reasons why that may be the case. But certainly, uh, yeah, Hawaii's got a very special, special place. And if anyone looking to relax, obviously, I'd encourage you to go in a couple of years once they're fully recovered and are actively welcoming people to go back. I think it, it's a little insensitive to go right now, but that's my personal opinion. Um, uh, I, I think definitely if no one has been in the past, I would highly encourage you to go and to, to see to see and to feel for yourself the feeling that I had when I visited. Yeah, absolutely. Where do you see yourself 20 years from now? Well, 20 years, gee. Um, 
Oh, well, that, that makes me 50. Um, so I would have had 50 years on this earth. I mean, I turned 31 next month, but um, I would be 50 staring down my, my 51st birthday in, a, in, 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 in that period of time. Gee, um, I would say where I see myself is somebody who has hopefully reached a significant peak in my influence in this industry and in my niche, somebody who has genuinely been able to influence and change the landscape of this industry, just as I did for Princess when I left a legacy behind at uh, my corporate position there. I'm always the kind of person who wants to know that when I've left the room, not in a narcissistic way, but, but just more in like a sort of a, like a, an effective human way that I've, I've left an impression on people. And so, you know, in 20 years, we're talking, you know, thousands of events, you know, I, in the space of, you know, two, two and a half years in my infancy in this industry, I've amassed over a hundred events. So in 20, I mean, that's easily over a thousand events for sure. And so that's a th over a thousand, potentially 2000 opportunities where I've had and perhaps even more, I've had the opportunity to connect with people, to make them laugh, to feel connected. And there's several thousands that like I did on cruise ships that I never will have seen ever again in this world. Never again will I encounter them. They were, they were, you know, a drop in the ocean in my lifetime, but it's important that even if you, you know, even if they are just a simple drop in the ocean that you, I value each of those interactions. And so couldn't speak necessarily about sort of how far my business and career will go in terms of specifics, but certainly I want to be in a position where I've influenced people. I want to be able to be able to look back upon 20 years in this industry and know that I'm changing the landscape, transforming people's mindsets and what makes a great entertainer. Uh, I want to be able to have uh, done some really big things and been able to make people happy and to influence people's mindsets when it comes to my individual interactions and the, the greater reputation of whatever event or enterprise or perhaps the TV shows that I'm a part of. I just, yeah, want to be able to be remembered in that way. Every human being wants to feel remembered. And I think at 50, when you consider that, well, geez, within 20 years, I, I think it's easy to assume that our life expectancy is going to be closer to 100 than it is now. And so it's 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 really critical to think that it's sort of your half century, if you've got another potential 50 years to go, if all health remains equal and good, that, you know, you want your next, you know, you want those 50 years to be, to, to, to truly have made an impact and a difference in this world. And I'm grateful to have found where I can, and I'm grateful that people want that. And so from me, and I just want the opportunity, I would love to be able to look back and know that I've, the, the, the desire for me to bring an impact to people is so strong that, uh, yeah, that I could be proud of it. Yeah, absolutely. And that is all we have for this episode. It was great having you on, Nathan, talking about hosting events, unforgettableness, and everything else along those lines, and everything else. It's been great. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity. And of course, if anybody would like to uh, check out my resources, get in touch with me, or just send me an email to connect, hey, I'm always available for that. 
feel free to check me out on www.nathancassar.com.au and or otherwise you can search for me on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn as well under the same name. Fantastic. And until next time, stay opinionated.